0: the biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to The Mindful Experiment. Glad to have you on as we go ahead in this episode, had the distinct honor to interview Charlie Hartwell from Bridge Builders Collaborative. Now, Charlie's doing some amazing things um, with Bridge Builders Collaborative and so much more, and you'll find out more about that in the episode. But really quick, Charlie is the managing partner of Bridge Builders Collaborative, a group of highly successful investors who have been investing in startup companies in the space of mental wellness, consciousness, and spirituality. A Harvard Business School graduate, Charlie has served and led organizations in 14 different industries, including starting a nonprofit in the slums of Kenya in 1986 that has now served healthcare to several million patients. He's also founded the first for-profit expedition company in U.S. history to promote the Bancroft Arneston Expedition and historical 17,000-mile crossing of Antarctica by two women who became the first to cross the continent on foot. Now, Charlie and his company are passionate about supporting the growth of a new movement around mental fitness, heart centered connection, consciousness evolution, and improved health care. Bridge Builders has invested in such companies like Peer Therapeutics, Insight Timer, Headspace. Happify and others. This is a wonderful episode as we dive into so many different things, so many different concepts around consciousness and what he's looking to do into the future and so many more. A really great episode. I'm not going to take anything else away from him. This is Charlie Hartwell. So, Charlie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Vic. Good to talk to you.
0: I'm excited to have you on. Um, I know we're going to be diving into a lot of great stuff here. I can see um, a lot of similarities and, and a lot of things that we can share,
1: especially during these dark times that we're all experiencing. Yeah, I'm interested to get into, you know, to talk about these times, but also, you know, sort of how to get get through times like this. I love it. And I think you're the perfect guy to chat about
0: this. So um, before we, well, as we dive in, always the first question I love to ask is, how did you end up getting into what you're doing right now?
1: Um, So it's actually going to relate to the conversation that we're going to have about what's going on right now. Um, My invitation to my own personal awakening came because I was stubborn enough where it took actually three forms of death <laughs> to get me to really reconsider my life and, and to go inward. Um, that was about 15 years ago. And you know, it was a time when my two uh, role models, my grandfather and my father, died within a year and a half of each other. Um, my a business i had always been successful business. My, uh, the business I'd been working on didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, uh, and then I had a marriage that had been dead for years and I didn't, wasn't really even aware of that. Uh, and all that sort of, you know, was, uh, the universe sort of said, this is, you know, this is a moment. Uh, I woke up, uh, or I had a dream one night that I was going to climb the world trade center. I knew what I was going to do. And I got to the top and I woke up and I just said, I need to get help. And, um, then, you know, I went through the process of, really getting in touch with, you know, my own personal pain, my own personal, you know, stories. I've made a lot of changes in my life. And, uh, and then how I got into the work that I'm doing now is really because of my, my wife, um, who I met after, you know, after I kind of had my own awakening experience. And she'd been working in the space for 40 years and had been uh, involved in something called the Mind and Life Institute, which did a lot of the research around mindfulness, compassion, contemplative practice. She introduced me to that community, and through that work, I, um, I found the investors that I now work with at Bridge Builders Collaborative.
0: It's amazing how life will, in the universe, just kind of like guides you in a way, even though sometimes it's not fun, but where you need to be.
1: Yeah, and for those you know, I claim I claim stubbornness. Uh, for some people, it doesn't take as much suffering uh, for you know to to respond to that invitation. But what I find in general that the most most people that I speak to that have gone down this journey, it has been suffering that's led them uh, to, you know, to go to an invitation. It doesn't just, you know, just happen. You know, most people don't just wake up one morning and say, Oh, I'm feeling great. So I'm going to make all these changes in my life. It's, it's normally comes from uh, a place of, you know, suffering. And for me, it took a lot. And it's, it's
0: funny because it's, it's, I, I can totally relate to that with the stubbornness. Would you Did you have like little nudges or like feelings within that you're kind of like, I need to be over here, or then your mind will come in and then you go back and like, no, I'm going to go, I, this is where I'm going to be after now and, and kind of had that inner battle?
1: You know, I know, I think i don 't think until it got to a, the real sort of crisis point that I was very good at even seeing those signs because I was in such delusion in uh, uh, my you know my conditioning was you know sort of as a caretaker and keeping everybody else happy and going with the flow and not making waves. And so if something was happening with me, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't need any help and my family system, you know, to get help from other people was would, would be frowned upon. So uh, it really, I mean, if I look back, yes, there were signs, but at the time I wasn't responding to those signs.
0: Gotcha. And did the, how much did the, the failures, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're doing something now that you're, you're really, I could tell you're very passionate about and so forth. How did those failures, um, were they like one of your best lessons out of all the in that whole entire process?
1: Yeah, I, I don't describe them as failures anymore. I describe them as opportunities. Um, I would perceive them as failures at that time. Uh, and I now understand that really, you know, what is failure? Um, you can look at and say, "I failed, uh, but really that 's just a way of looking at it um, and and the way I look at it now is those are just you know those are just sort of opportunities i couldn 't agree with you more there. I always say
0: it 's like it 's just a method or a way that didn 't uh, end up going a certain way, and it gives you that opportunity to now learn and become better or discover other ways or methods x y you could title it however you like um, along that path so very, very cool stuff. Um, how does, you know, what you've gone through in this whole process, and then we take that and you look at what the world has been going through the last couple, last month, month and a half, um, what, are, what are things that you can share with the listeners that they're going through? You know, a lot of people have a, a state of fear and have a, this, this hysteria, and unknown, and uncertainty and, um, and all these different avenues how is that um how is that what is that what can you share with the listeners to help give them some empowerment to kind of break through some of this this fear and this heaviness
1: well basically said what i'd say first of all i would acknowledge what is happening in the world today is significant uh it is You know, there is tremendous amounts of chaos. There is you know huge suffering. Uh, Everyone is going through this uh, with their own unique experience. Uh, And you know, I want to acknowledge it's not you know there's a collective uh, piece, but then there's individual you know individual pieces for each person. But at the same time, if I go back to my my own experience, and then I look at you know what's sort of up in the world today. This collective, uh, you know, experience we're all going through, um, and the suffering is also an opportunity for uh, for going inward. Uh, for living in the moment, which is a lot of the work, you know, that my group has been doing uh, as investors, investing in companies for the last eight years that have, you know, helped people with those practices, but to go in, to be, to practice gratitude for the things that we do have, even amidst the suffering, to be able to take this time with, you know, with our families, uh, with ourselves, with nature, to slow down, um, I see because we're, we've invested in several mindfulness companies. I see the world—you know—the world's kind of seems to be responding to that. When I look at you know statistics, um, more people around the world are taking you know the opportunity to go inward, and they've been living sort of these busy lives that are full of you know chaos, etc. And now the world has come to a halt in some ways, uh, and everyone is you know at home maybe taking walks in nature, but, you know, you really can't get out. Um, And that is a time for connection in a different way and, and, you know, maybe more connection to the self.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think, um, you know, everything always happens for a reason. And, and, and part of the groups that I'm, that I work with, I always, I was always, I asked the question, like, if everything happens for a reason, then why is this happening? And in the sense of what is it here to teach us? Mm Mm-hmm. What is it here to help us become more aware of? Um, Because as you were saying, like slowing down, you know, especially in America, we're all about the go, 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 the do, 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 the just the doing is more right. And um, it's one of these concepts where do you think that through this process, do you think that Americans and the world itself will kind of embrace this a little bit, be able to take this and be like, okay, I need to make some changes in my life. What's your opinion on that?
1: I just think it's an opportunity and to go into saying whether or not I think the world will take it. Um, then I'd get into my head. Uh, you know, my heart is just in an expansive place. Uh, and I'm wanting to support providing invitations for people, uh, to do that work, uh, and to see this as an opportunity. But I don't know whether or not the world, uh, in mass is going to, um, you know, take those opportunities. And if I reflect on that for, you know, for a moment, and just, again, then my own experience is if we don't, um, then the universe probably will give us another eye and it will be even harder than this one um, because as a species, um, we need to wake up. Um, we are, you know, destroying our planet. We are not living sustainably. We are not caring for one another. We see it as us versus them, uh, and that—that's not, in my experience, you know, that's not uh, how we're supposed to live. Um, that's not being in our most authentic place um that is not what human beings how uh, that's how not that's not how we're supposed to you know to react uh to enjoy this life etc so i i have hope that people will you know sort of make these these types of changes and i hope that we collectively wake up to a higher level of consciousness but i i don't know if that'll happen
0: I know it's interesting. I mean, I'm always been fascinated about being human, experiencing humans and so forth, because we don't make change unless we're like knocked down on our knees. And um, we have a very hard, difficult time to get up in some way, shape or form. And then eventually that's when we make a shift. but, yeah, the universe, uh, I always say if life doesn't make you change, I mean, if you don't change, life's going to make you change. And it's one of those things where uh, they'll keep knocking on the door harder and harder.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> now, you, you, met, you mentioned the term wake up. And I just want to uh, just get your definition of wake up for the listeners. So when they hear that, you know, some may be going, I'm awake. I'm here listening. What does he mean by wake up?
1: So for me, waking up was understanding at a deep level, uh, who I am, what it is that I'm here on earth to do, uh, what is my essence, and to get out of any programming of what I was taught by other people and conditioned to be. um, Waking up for me meant learning uh, what were the the unhealthy patterns that I was programmed um, you know, as a young kid, uh, to and how to respond to the world, it was about, um, you know, changing those patterns so that I include myself more, uh, in relationships. Uh, it meant, you know, changing my relationship to be, to being bullied. Uh, it meant, um, it just meant being my authentic, energetic self and to live, to understand who I am and then to live in that um, and be that as fully as possible.
0: It's like you're, I don't want to say reborn, but you're like, you're more alive than you were before.
1: I'm, I'm more alive and, and, and I'm more, I'm more authentic. I love that uh, because I'm more because I'm more authentic. I'm actually able to, uh, you know, I'm actually able to make um, I uh, to make a greater impact.
0: I love that. And then when you are more authentic, your vibration rises more and then you you, there's that impact effect that you can really drastically do. I love that. How how did you get on the path toward waking up or um, yeah, how did you get on the
1: path towards waking up? Well, again, I go back to, it was suffering. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> there we go. The darkness again.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: I, I, most people do. I know in my own life, it's, it's, you know, somebody asked me that question when I was on a podcast, and I was like, you know, there's no method. It's just, uh, you just got to go through suffering and, and, and or just through pain, really. Um And, you know, because to me, suffering is a choice and it's like you go through the pain and Mm. you learn those lessons and you're like, okay, I get it, universe. I'm with you now. This is this is where you want me to go. Okay, done deal. I'll go this way. Correct. I love it. And, you know, as you said, I love how you said earlier, you know, failure uh, is really just an opportunity in in that perspective. As a human consciousness, how much does, uh, you know, there's a human collective, as you said, and an individual. And I, and I love how you brought that up because I've been sharing that a lot in the essence of fear. And if we hold on to the fear and we have more people being in a fear state, um, it will dramatically shift the experience we're having to be more fearful of something rather than empowering ourselves. Is Um, I'm trying to formulate my question here. Is it, you know, when it comes through the, the, is it how critically important it is for each individual to make sure they are um, staying, how to stay balanced, how to not let the fear get the best
1: of them and and things along that nature. So uh, I talk a lot about in living with uh, I have this you know amazing opportunity to be in sacred union with my wife, and I you know talk a lot about her wisdom, so i'm I'm now sharing her wisdom uh, I One thing that really helps to reframe this whole thing you're talking about is to go from sort of saying i'm a you know we're human beings right the w- The way she describes it is we're spiritual beings in physical form, having a human experience. And if you just, if you begin to reframe and look at it that way, then how do you go through life uh, using, you know, using sort of a neutral observer uh, as she describes it? How do you, uh, and if, and if you're doing that and you're just more neutral, you can shift from, you know, from fear to joy. You can shift from fear to gratitude and actually in doing that, um, your life begins to change, change and it, and it can, it can do that, uh, you know, sort of in any moment, if you, if you can reprogram yourself in any moment, uh, I think people will just experience life more, you know, uh, more fully and more richly. But if you shift just going from that place of either or fear and failure, et cetera, to a place of like, you know, abundance, you um, and uh, to you know, abundance for whatever, um, even in a hard situation, there's abundance. Just life begins to shift. So I, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, it does. And and is it more than because you're? Is it more like bringing being a choice? Because like yeah, like I love how Wayne Dyer always says. You know, we are spiritual beings. It, it, um, we're spiritual beings having human being experience, and. It's one of those things, as you're bringing this up, is it more of just a choice of what it comes down to? Is it more of just being able to, you know, you, like I said, you could choose fear, or you could choose something else, or you could choose, you can see lack, or there's abundance. Um, is it really just coming down to the choice and what we focus on? Well,
1: I don't know if it really, if it's only that. Um, I... Um, And maybe, maybe now's a good time. If you're willing, you know, I want to talk a little more about the, you know, the work that I do, um, and kind of the shift that we've made from an investment, uh, from what we're investing in, uh, as a, as a, as a group. And I'm happy to give some background on that, but you know, there's also this place of we in the West in particular are so, uh, conditioned to live in our heads. So how do you get out of your head and start living in your heart? Uh, as my wife, again, you know, the, the wisdom uh, describes, like, how do we live below the neck? Uh, and so much, even in the mindfulness community, um, so much of what people talked about is just, you know, our, our thoughts and our, and, 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 you know, dealing with your thoughts and whatever. It's like, but there's this opportunity to actually go deeper um, and, can, and be more embodied and actually not be in the head, but be in the heart, be that spiritual being um be an you know that energetic being as opposed to just valuing our brains i love that now
0: you brought up i want to we can shift gears here a little bit and i want to get into more of what you're what you're up to and and just share with uh the listeners so you you have the 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 whole bridge builders collaborative um what's that all about what does that what does it uh,
1: entail so nine years ago three guys came together um And, you know, pretty successful business guys, uh, a guy named Jeff Walker, a guy named Austin Hurst, and a guy named Scott Krenz. And they had been supporting the sort of the science around, um, contemplative practice. And they, and they asked themselves the question, has the science around contemplative practice gotten to a point where we could support companies that are helping to bring that into application. So, um, so, and, and similar to how the physical fitness uh, came into being like 40 years ago, science, uh, you know, the science of physical fitness got good enough where. Entrepreneurs started to build companies, and then people took you know those concepts and built out a scaled, multi-billion-dollar you know industry around physical fitness. So we were really some of the first investors, or the first investment group that I know about, that said we are going to invest in mind training, uh, and so we began to look at companies in sort of the mind training space. Uh, companies around contemplative practice, mindfulness, et cetera. So we invested in companies like, uh, Insight Timer, uh, like Headspace, Happify. We started investing in digital therapeutics so that uh, mind training could actually, mind training techniques could actually get, you know, uh, into a healthcare system, FDA approved software to treat conditions as opposed to drugs. So we, as a group, uh, came together nine years ago. There were three of us. We've now made twelve investments over the last eight years. Many of those companies are now wonderful tools to actually help people through these times. Uh, probably on our platforms, I'd say you know more than a hundred million people have started meditating just be, you know just because of the companies that we're involved with. Um, that's happened on a global basis, and, and then. You know, and then a year ago, actually two, uh, two and a half years ago, my wife again, like uh, sat me down and sort of said, Charlie, your group's been investing in the gateway drugs to higher levels of consciousness, and it's time to go deeper because those gateway drugs are actually going to scale. Um, so, you know, through a series of events, um, you know, over the last year, we actually took a strategic you know, look at what uh, what we wanted to invest in going forward, and we you know recently um, sort of you know announced that we we really want to uh, invest in things that help people go deeper, uh, deeper into you know embodiment, deeper into dealing with trauma, and you know into awakening. As opposed as opposed to what we've been investing in, which is a lot about like finding ways to you know help with stress reduction, you know meditate for ten minutes a day. We really want to provide invitations for you know for the world to wake up uh, for improved um, you know deeper experiences, deeper social connection, um, deeper authentic connection, connection to purpose, etc. So I you know that that uh, that's kind of a long winded answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I was about to ask what's
0: deeper. So that's awesome. And when you just want to, you're looking more to make a more, uh, uh, just a, a, you know, going deeper and wider of an effect, uh, of helping individuals with, and as you said, as you said, trauma and things along that nature. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, what are some things that you guys are looking at? Like if you can share, um, methods or ways that you're going to be diving into to kind of help that.
1: So first we'll talk about a a little bit about things that you probably are really familiar with as a chiropractor. Um, So one of the things we are supporting, uh, and it's kind of similar to how the the mindfulness science came into play, you know, eight or 10 years ago, we're supporting, and some of our partners are supporting individually, uh, bringing the science of subtle energy or biofield science uh, to a point where we can then uh, help to bring that into the world in things like, you know, energy work. Uh, how do we support alternative, pra- you know, practices that are more around supporting the human energy system as opposed to treating people with drugs? Um, you know, for me, for instance, uh, you know, I, I you know, just to honor, your, you know, what you do. Um, I, I, we haven't dug into what you might do outside of chiropractor, but like for me, uh, waking up in, you know, sort of was included. I now see a chiropractor, uh, you know, who is for me as, you know, as much of a doctor as a physical doctor, um, at least in my own practice, I, I, (laughs) I go to the chiropractor who also does energy work, but I, you know, I go regularly because, um, that helps me to actually stay healthier, so I don't need to go to, to regular doctors. So, how do we support, you know, practices that are, you know, now considered to be alternative, and my, people might think of them as woo-woo, like Reiki or, uh, you know, other energy practices? Uh, and how do we help to make that mainstream? Another thing that we're looking at is how do we support the ethical and scientifically valid emergence of the psychedelic movement because what we've found is that research is indicating that plant medicine uh, done with a therapist um, is proving to be one of the most remarkable ways to help people with mental health issues. Um, And so, we're, we're trying to support the emergence of that movement. And I'd say the third thing that I'm spending time on is how do we build a movement around social wellness as a component of, resi- you know, of, of wellness? Um, I, I'm not going to be able to quote where this came from. Um, but, you know, there is a loneliness epidemic and I, I saw a study that sort of said, you know, loneliness is as destructive to people as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Uh, maybe that was two packs. I can't, I can't remember the study, but, <laughs> it, you know, how do we help to create more authentic social connection uh, in the world? And so those, there, there are nine areas that we sort of are willing to focus on, but those are the three that I'm spending the most, most time on at the moment.
0: I love it. I love how you bring chiropractic up. Glad you're seeing a chiro, especially energy-based, because that's really uh, the premise of where chiropractic came from. Was all about the tone and uh, the tone of the nervous system, and how that uh, magically plays a huge effect on just the energy systems of the body. Um, Cause in chiropractic we have like a huge divide and I won't get into it too much to take away from everything, but it's like, you got the ones who are like, no, we're physical and that's all we do. And then there's like, no, here's, this is what we really do. You guys kind of lost your way <laughs> along the way with that. And so, um, <clears throat> very, very awesome. When you, I know psychedelics have been blowing up. Um, I've had, you know, I've had a couple experiences myself and it's, it, it's profound, uh, work. Um, is there specific ones that you, cause I know there's, there's micro dosing with, uh, um, uh, some people do microdosing LSD. I've heard about um, microdosing. dosing. Um, oh, what's the other one? Can't remember offhand. I know there's studies on MDMA. That's really big right now. Um, is there certain, I know it's like, I don't even want to say MDA is a psychedelic per se, but um, are there specific ones that you guys are like looking into and things along that nature?
1: I think more than anything right now, what we're looking to do Um, is understand sort of the landscape uh, and to support a landscape that is really ethically based is really scientifically based uh, and is, and is really um, is really based on getting uh, using whatever psychedelic that is going to be eventually approved through our healthcare system in a manner that is uh, that is therapy assisted. So, you know, we're not all about sort of recommending, uh, you know, a certain type of, you know, a, of plant, uh, what we, you know, for, for someone, what we want to be able to do is to support the movement around, um, finding highly, you know, f- finding ways for people to, uh, to, to To do this with support, Um, so for instance, for me, we're not. uh, I wouldn't be a huge proponent of microdosing uh, unless there's scientific evidence. Um, I think that um, we're more about it, it, it. We're more about supporting the. Emergence of how to do this with uh, with a therapist that's really helping you through the experience, so that you can have the transformational experience that research is sort of indicating can really be a significant change uh, or, or open up opp- opportunities for significant change in one or two sessions with a therapist. Um, this movement is you know emerging where, as you said, MDMA is probably. Got the best research behind it. MAPS is doing, has done a lot of that research. It's going to go through the FDA, uh, you know, process. It looks like the research is indicating that it, that it could be uh, approved, you know, over the next few years. Um, we, you know, there is research being done at leading universities like Johns Hopkins around psilocybin, again, with therapists um, supporting it, and that probably will, you know, take a little bit longer because uh, the research is, you know, is at a point where probably that's two or three years out. But but we're we're concerned, uh, and at least in our investment approach, we really want to do this not so that everybody's using these. We actually uh, we actually hope people don't use them uh, often. We hope that they use them one or two times to really, you know, with a therapist to really create change. Um, so it's all emerging for us and I'm just really kind of digging into what's going on in the field. Um, but, but for us supporting that field, it's not like making a huge return on investment per se, but, but really helping to find sustainable ways to help transform, uh, help transform people so that they, you know, can get over their mental, you know, serious mental health issues or addiction, et cetera.
0: No, I couldn't agree with you more and I, and I appreciate you doing that type of work i th- I think that's you know the standard medicine right now is you know anti you know antidepressant of some sort and um, yeah I, just just to stay <laughs> I can go into a lot of that research, but long story short, it's one of those things where um, how much are they really helping how much are they doing more damage and going back and forth and plant medicine and things along that nature have been shown to um, really actually give true change, right? You can do something like, like for example, like ayahuasca, right? And I know in California, there's a big movement of that, and their therapists are starting to get involved with it a little bit um, to like kind of guide the person through and kind of um, walk them through the journey, I guess, if you like to call it. Um, and all of a sudden, the person comes out, and they're like, I see why, what or I see what I've been doing, and then they become more aware. Um, as you, as the term we've used in this episode, of so our awaken a little bit, right, mm-hmm. to help make that pivotal change that would take normal therapy six months, a year, potentially,
1: to get to that root problem. Yeah, one of the just a couple, you know, statistical things that I do know about because um, I was just, at, you know, we were just at our annual meeting at Johns Hopkins, talking to the researchers there. So one of the things that they have found. Um, I'm not going to get the statistics exact, but I, I believe it's that you know people who who have a mystical experience because of their experience with the plant. That seems to be the thing that really, when people come out of the experience, that seems to be uh, that opportunity for. Awakening, you just see things, you see the world, you know, differently because of that. It's the most, one of the most profound things they've ever experienced in their life. And, you know, that leads to, like, in one case, uh, research around, uh, people smoking, for instance, who did psilocybin with a trained therapist. And, and the statistics were remarkable as to the number of people that actually quit smoking because of that experience. And six months later were not smoking uh i think it was you know uh, it was like 70 to 80% of people and that is much higher quit rate than anything i've ever seen around uh you know around smoking but uh, there've been other research around other types of addiction um but you know, a lot for a lot of people that have you know huge depression or anxiety um these tools properly used um you know may uh, prove to be very beneficial and and in a way that doesn't, as you said before, it's not like giving them drugs to deal with the problem. It's actually going underneath to support them to awaken so that those problems uh, are no longer uh, part of how they, they they react to the world differently because of it. No I love that.
0: do you think that we're at a time in humanity where we're <clears throat> kind of like ending something that's old and shifting new when it comes to the mind under trying to like more understand consciousness um, and and kind of going into those deeper realms of things because like in my world, how I see things um I, I i've seen that i used, my background is not just a chiropractor but I, I, I used to be an energy practitioner and things like the energy medicine mm-hmm. and so forth so mm-hmm. it's uh, it was really great to have that going in with chiro it makes it so much easier but long story short i've been seeing a shift from an energetic standpoint like you know now we're we've gotten to the information era and all these other things and now it's like we're starting to how can we understand the depths of consciousness and what is consciousness and and going deeper um do you, are you seeing that shift? I know I, I see you as like a catalyst
1: trying to help that,
0: but um, are you seeing that type of a shift?
1: I'm hoping to see that kind of a shift. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going to do like with my life and, you know, the work that my wife and I do and the work the bridge builders do, we're going to do everything to provide, you know, invitations to people. Uh, who have a willingness you know to go to those places and to you know to wake up um, and so there are certainly more opportunities uh, and and I do run into more people um, that I'd say you know have had that that are that are transforming that are willing to transform etc um, but but I'm going to just shift a little bit to talk about something that I think is underlying, you know, there's, there's one thing to go into like consciousness or say, Oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, use plant medicine or, you know, I'm going to get enlightened. And I hear a lot about that, you know, in the mindfulness community. Um, but the one of the greatest shifts that I think we need to see is the, um, I'm going to use the word, um, uh, Like the destruction of the patriarchy, that to me as a human species, we've been in a patriarchal system for tens of thousands of years. We have disregarded the feminine. We have, you know, we it's right out in front of us politically. Um, You know, it's the perfect example right now of uh, you know that's right in front of us. Uh, One man, you know, who can save us all, and uh, you know this sort of saviorism model. Um, you know, uh, we've had organizations that, you know, one, one normally white man in America, you know, leading a fortune 500 company, uh, they're in charge. I went to Harvard business school. I was entrained, you know, into that type of systems, or they tried to train me into that type of system. <laughs> um, our churches, you know, look at, you know, it, men have been leading those, dominating those, um. And it's really destructive. We've we if if we are going to shift our consciousness, part of it is not just doing these sort of you know these experiencing these experiences, but part of it is like um, is to show up differently in the world. If you're a man, like uh, you know myself, I understand the feminine part of me. It's a strength, um, and you know we're conditioned that we're supposed to program that out uh that we're not supposed to have emotions, that uh you know, to just be tough, et cetera. And it, it it ends up being so destructive. Um and so so I think uh I think that's one of the greatest conscious shifts that we can make is waking up and and valuing the feminine as we do the masculine.
0: I have no argument there. It's truly, you know, we have been living a very male dominant world for a very long time. Even religion, when we think of God, we always say he, um, thinking the images of God is always a male, um, (laughs) in in that perspective also. So I'm so with you on that. Do you think, um, do you think that men though are evolving and we're kind of shifting, um, in our era are just shifting in a sense to bring more of the feminine side of us out or accepting that more?
1: Well, what I can say is that men that are willing to go to that place, um, we can bring around, you know, we can bring change. Um, uh, if, if men hold each other accountable to that, um, then we'll go there faster. If men give, you know, another uh, another man permission to have feelings, permission to cry, who hold accountable if they tell a joke um, that is misogynistic, um, then we can support each other to go there. Um, my wife um, was uh, was involved in an organization called the Representation Project, um, and and we were associate producers of a film called The Mask You Live In. Which was a, a kind of an instrumental film in talking about this. It was really about how um, all of these stories, professional athletes, uh, you know, leaders, how we're programmed to, uh, you know, to win at all costs, to take no prisoners, etc., and and how destructive that is and how sad and lonely men feel to have to have shut that down. So if we have the willingness to say to other men uh, and encourage that and hold them accountable to stop the misogynistic behavior, I think, you know, I think that that will help. Um, and, and, and I also think you know another part of that and we've seen this a li- we've seen this quite a bit um uh, you know is women holding men accountable <laughs> uh the me too movement i mean you know this is part of that it's like no longer is this type of behavior acceptable you're going to have consequences for it um finally you know men are ha- powerful men are being held accountable for destructive behavior and how they treat women and i hope that shifts things as well
0: yeah, I could tell you from in my generation and the people, the guys that I'm around, we're all, uh, all about how can we become that more balanced from the, the masculine and the feminine. And, um, I see it in the perspective of, cause as you said before, like in the mindfulness groups or, or in the spiritual groups, all about like, how do we get to enlightenment or, you know, I want to, I going to, I'm going to achieve enlightenment and, uh, I truly believe it's just the balance of those two. Just like in the brain, you have a left brain and a right brain. And when you can create hemispheric synchronicities, which means the two brain spheres are balanced, that's when you're in that zone. And sports athletes would say, or you're in this like elevated state or higher consciousness to, or your more true self where you can tune in to higher things to um, whatever that is, elaborate, dive into things, creativity, all those sorts of things. Mm hmm. Very, very yeah. powerful, very, very powerful stuff there. Um, I want to ask you about, so you got something, something called the Shift It Institute. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about what that
1: is? Yeah. So, so I do my work at Bridge Builders through a company that uh, called the Shift Institute. So Shifted is about igniting consciousness, uh, inspiring human potential and creating paradigm shifts. That's my wife and my company uh, we do this in, you know, we work in different ways. Uh, the way that I work is, um, you know, through the bridge builders collaborative, which my wife is also, she's also involved in that, but she does a lot of work, uh, uh, you know, that's separate from that, um, as a, you know, someone who works you know, directly with clients as someone who's a teacher, uh, as someone who's trained in multiple modalities, um, as someone who's been, you know, very involved in the uh, integrative health systems. Um, So, so we both do the work, you know, through shifted Institute, but we just, we do it differently. Um, So, uh, but that's, that's our, that's our company. And that's our, that's our passion is, you know, creating shifts of consciousness on the planet.
0: Would you describe your guys yourselves as like a disruptor in the consciousness mindfulness world?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I describe my, like, if I look at myself uh, and my energy system, I'm a change agent. So, you know, uh, and I have been since I was a kid, even before I was awake, that's just like my energy works that way. So, so it seems like when I, you know, things that I've gotten involved with in the past, if I'm involved, something is going to change. Um, And, you know, and I'm also, I'm uh, I'm also an innovator, so I think that leads probably to disruption. But I don't look at myself as disruptor, um, you know, per se. Uh, I look, I just you know, my gift is a, is as a change agent.
0: Yeah, I could totally. I mean, I see you as like a catalyst. So it's it's really. Um... Um, something that I appreciate uh, for that, and and I could totally relate with you on always being someone who wanted to make change. Um, uh, my mother always used to say, every time you get involved in something, you just you steer things up. And I'm always like, <laughs> well, we gotta, you know, you gotta change it up a little bit here. What do you mean? We can't just keep it all the way it is. Yeah, correct. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, last question. You know, if you were going to. Um, since all the great things that you and your wife are doing, if you were going to leave this world, may it be physically going to Mars or wherever, or our time, you know, time has come to transition. What is a message that you would want to leave to humanity?
1: Uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that. Uh, So the answer to that question is I, I, I'm not, uh, I I don't really resonate with the question um, because, because there's nothing about that that would change from what I invite humanity to do now. And I think that when you're in, I I think because I'm in that, you know, in that space of, uh, that space of awakening, that message doesn't change when you die per se. It's just my, it's just my energy. Uh, It's who I am. And that, and that energy is, um, you know going back to that being a spiritual being as my wife describes in human form having a physical experience like that spiritual being is exists without time space whatever and so the invitation um the love the compassion that i have uh is always there and will be when i'm you know whether there's physical form or not i i think you answered that perfectly
0: um Because when you are awake, nothing changes, right? It's not like, oh, this is what I would leave, but then here's what I'm doing. So you have (laughs) that authentic, congruent self right there. Correct. I love it. Um, How can people connect with you, get a hold of you, follow what you're up to and all the amazing things that you're doing?
1: Thank you for that. Um, The website for Bridge Builders Collaborative is just bbcollaborative.com. So there you can see a little bit of who we are and the types of companies and organizations we've invested in. Uh, Shifted Institute uh, is just shifted.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Charlie Hartwell. Twitter's at Shifted Institute. Um, I have a medium blog. As well, just Charlie Hartwell, or actually I think that's shifted Institute and, and I've been writing, but I think my wife is going to start writing pieces there as well. Uh, So those are, those are ways of connecting.
0: Awesome. And for the listeners, I will have all this in the show notes and so much more. Um, Charlie, this was fun. I appreciate having you on. I I really appreciate the work you and your wife are doing. I mean that uh, with all that I am, because this is, I think this is the next level up of what, humanities needs to go through to get to, to have a whole different experience, and to really be the solution to the issues that we're facing, not only in uh, the United States, but in uh, the global aspect to create better solutions so that we can all
1: thrive together. Well, Vic, you know, from my perspective, just to be able to have a conversation with people about this uh, is awesome. And the fact that, you know, that you're organizing these types of, you know, having these types of conversations and putting them out there uh, is great. So I really appreciate, you know, just the opportunity to have this authentic dialogue with you. And um, it, it was really fun. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast
0: past shows, please visit www.EmpowerYourReality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.Facebook.com forward slash check us out on twitter the handle is dr vic 21 follow us on instagram www.instagram.com forward slash dr vic manzo if you were inspired by the podcast pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it thank you again for listening to the mindful experiment podcast sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential Oh